You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is completely free and ensures you never miss another episode. Today's show is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package, which you can find out more about later in this episode. On tonight's podcast, uh, I actually wanted to do a little bit of a standings check-in. It's been just about a quarter of the way through the season for a number of teams a little bit less, maybe more like a fifth, um, but obviously we are getting into the the heart of the schedule, you might say. It's been an interesting start to the year. I think a lot of teams have surprised us in ways that maybe we weren't really expecting. You know, a couple of teams have been really great. And then there are some teams that have very much lag behind the curve, and I don't think anyone was expecting them to be this bad. So we'll start off with the Eastern Conference first, which has been a bit of a dogfight. The Atlantic Division has actually started heating up recently. It has become one of the more competitive of the uh, the divisions out there. In first place, you've got Florida, which actually just defeated the Washington Capitals 5-4. to The Panthers are a really, really good team. They're 15-4-3, and and that record is definitely not an accident. This team scores a ton of goals and generally avoids conceding a lot, um, and thanks to Pebrovsky, who's been absolutely dominant in net, but also their defensive structure, it's pretty solid. I mean, this is a really well-balanced team. They've got a ton of scoring depth. I feel like if you're going to pick one team that might be a real cup finalist this year or a Stanley Cup favorite, you know, the Panthers are a pretty good bet. Behind them is a team that I think a lot of people were probably a little bit more down on just because the start to the season wasn't all that great. Uh, But now they're 16-6-1. And if you guessed it was the Toronto Maple Leafs, congratulations, you're correct. I know that Toronto is always a very annoying team to talk about because, well, the fan base traditionally has been a little bit uh, up and down. I'm sure plenty of people uh, love to think about Toronto as the center of Canada's universe, but but putting aside any of the uh, the city rivalries and stuff, the Maple Leafs have actually just been pretty darn good. They're not scoring a ton, relatively speaking, but their, their defense and the goaltending, especially from Jack Campbell, has been astoundingly good. And the team in general is starting to turn around the play-driving ability. To start the year, they weren't all that great at creating, but now at even strength, the, the Leafs are pretty legit. And this looks more like a team that you would expect to be a real playoff contender. Maybe not the most elite team of the ones that are out there, but they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They're on a four-game winning streak. And in general, all of the signs seem to be pointing to a really strong, really well-balanced team that has finally found its form. The rest of the Eastern Conference will be keeping a close eye on Toronto because this team does have the potential to be a really annoying squad, especially in the first couple of rounds. But if they can't get out of the first two rounds again like they have over the past couple of years, 
it's just another failure to notch onto this team that, for some reason, cannot get it done in the postseason. So we'll see how they handle things. I think this might be a year where they actually go pretty far, but you never know. In third place behind them is the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very good squad, obviously, one of the best teams out there. They've taken a bit of a step back this year, in part from some of the departures of the roster, but also just because I think these guys have all played a lot. Um, obviously, when you you know go through multiple cup runs and and certainly win a couple of titles, it does take a physical toll on these on this team. And Vasilevsky has maybe looked a little more mortal for the first time in a while. So you know he's obviously a, still a great goaltender, but if he's not perfect, you know that defense may start to concede a little bit more. And Tampa Bay, I wouldn't say that they're really worrying right now. I mean, they're very much a playoff contender and a team that could be a very deep runner, but they don't look nearly as dominant as they have in years past. The rest of the division is kind of curious. It's got Detroit, then Boston, Buffalo, Montreal, and Ottawa. The two teams that I think are going to stand out the most to people are Detroit and Boston. Boston, I think, has had a couple of games postponed because of COVID or something like that. They've only played 19, but they're only 11-8 and eight so far, which that record isn't exactly a, uh, a shining example of what you would want from a Bruins roster that does not have many years left. They're generally struggling to create a lot of offense, um, and while they're not conceding a ton, it's just if they can't create an even strength and they can't really get a lot from their power play, they're going to struggle to win games. And I think the aging roster, the veteran core that definitely is on the wrong side of the 30s, it's all starting to hit at once, and I think that the Bruins are primed for a bit of a slide over the next couple of years. The Red Wings are probably the one that's going to catch the most people off guard because no one expected them to be fourth in the Atlantic. While they aren't really a team that I would consider a playoff contender or anything like that, they're on a bit of a win streak. Uh, they do concede a lot of goals, and while they're not exactly scoring a, a profound amount, I mean, they are among one of the Atlantic Division's top scoring teams, so, you know, there might be something there in terms of uh, some of their young rookies like uh, Moritz Sider, and then you've also got Lucas Raymond surrounding a pretty talented group that already included Zadina, and of course Valeno, who's actually starting to make his NHL presence, I believe, for the past couple of games, and the ever-present Dylan Larkin, who is still, in my opinion, a little bit underappreciated. A couple of years ago, I actually thought he was a bit overrated, but he has since transformed his game and become a real leader on the ice, so the Red Wings, they, um, they might be one of those wildcard teams that give somebody fits but I don't think that they're the type of team that's going to be making a particularly deep run. Now, Alex Nedeljkovic in net, if his form turns around and he can make a few extra saves, he's already been very good for them, but if he if he hits like a next-level performance, that team could be a problem. Ned is uh, very much a young goaltender who's starting to find his feet at this level, and he might just be the real deal for them. I don't know if it's 100% yet. Obviously, it is still pretty early in his career, and the broader career sample size wasn't really indicative of an elite starter but you know some guys are slow burners maybe he's on the way up and we'll find out over the next couple of months if Ned is the real deal. In just a moment we're actually going to pivot over to the Metro Division which has been a bit of an interesting race. We're starting to see a couple of teams very clearly separate themselves from the pack but before we go any further I wanted to shout out our wonderful title sponsors at Omaha Steaks and why their offer for the perfect gift package is the ideal gift package for someone in your family. Few things in life are better than opening a Christmas present only to unwrap a brand new set of Omaha Steaks. If you've never had Omaha Steaks, I can personally attest to just how delicious they are. They're always fresh, easy to make, and they always come with some truly delicious side dishes. The holidays are just around the corner, and finding that perfect gift can be tricky. So stop searching and shop with Omaha Steaks for your friends and family. 
To get started, go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We all know that during COVID, there are plenty of uh, shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Shop today. Order the perfect gift package at omahasteaks.com, and don't forget, you'll get eight free burgers when using promo code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. Go to omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL, to make sure you get the perfect gift package. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are taking a look around the league at some of the standings updates in the NHL, and it's been a bit of a crazy season for a lot of teams. Some teams have actually really fallen victim to COVID outbreaks and stuff, which, in my opinion, actually puts a lot of pause on the idea of any sort of Olympics appearances. I think the NHL is going to have to can that plan, and frankly, I would be happy with that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff about the Chinese Tennis Association and what's happened with the IOC, but in my opinion, I don't really want to see the NHL going this year. But because of the money, I'm sure if there's a way, they will find a way to get there. Let's just hope that everyone stays safe, that no one gets sick, and that hopefully anyone who does go over does come back safely. In the meantime, we've still got plenty of games between now and the actual Olympics in January. And uh, in the Metro Division, it has been a pretty crazy start to the year. We've got the Washington Capitals in first, who are 14-4-5. They actually just lost tonight to the Panthers, but those two do feel like they're on a crash course for a conference final for the East. They are among the top teams, and when you look at the Caps, they're a really interesting squad. They're scoring a crap load of goals. They're not conceding a ton, generally speaking. Um, they're, they're, they're rocking a plus-25 goal differential, and their power play scoring is great. Their even strength scoring is very strong. Their ability to drive play in most of the games has been good. I think, if anything, that they'd be concerned about is the fact that so much of their roster right now is injured, and they're turning to a lot of guys who are probably, you know, AHLers, maybe even an ECHLer or something. Some of the young rookies might not even be ready for the AHL yet, but game in and game out, they have managed to make it work for the most part. This team has honestly had as many injuries as, like, the Pens have, just not quite at the same level. I think Pittsburgh could, you know, very much have the crown for most critical injuries to their starters this year. That is like non-COVID related. I, I think if anyone's talking about COVID related stuff, it's more likely the uh, the Islanders who would take that crown. But this Washington Capitals team, I know that they may not be perfect and I've been critical of Laviolette in the past. Um, I, I'm not a fan of him as a coach, or at least I, I thought he wasn't really all that impressive, but I feel like what he's done this year with the Caps and with the roster that they've got, you have to give him a ton of credit. I think he's done a great job. Um, but, you know, obviously Alexander Ovechkin refining his form and having a career year is really something no one expected. Kuznetsov is back and raring to go. He's in dominant form. You know, Tom Wilson is also contributing a ton at even strength, probably not something people were expecting. So this Caps team, it, it might be a little bit top heavy, but somehow it's making it work for the time being, at least until everyone gets healthy. Behind them is another team that I think people are circling as real Stanley Cup contenders, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina doesn't really lose many games, and they are one of the most well-rounded defensive teams out there. They also have lockdown goaltending and Frederick Anderson, who has been an absolute monster in net. And uh, sure, maybe they are a little bit looser defensively than they've been in years past, but I mean, this, this Canes team, they are for real, and they just will not give you a whole lot to work with. 
Beating them requires a little bit of good fortune, some really skillful plays, um, and just finding a way to solve Anderson as well as that back line. I mean, this is a team that's built to win championships. If there's anything that might concern them, it's just that offensively speaking, the goal scoring ability, it is a little bit limited. They don't quite have some of the finishing talent of a team like, say, the Capitals who have elite finishing talent and will probably be one of the squads they would have to go through. But, you know, this is a very talented team. They've been here uh, a couple of times before. They are definitely built for the regular season. Maybe the postseason uh, still remains a little bit out of reach until they find that next level, but very good team. The team in third place in the Metro that I'm not really sure about uh, is actually the New York Rangers. They have a 13-4-3 record, which I feel like is probably in part due to the goaltending. Uh, Shesterkin has been absolutely crazy in net. I feel like this team, it's still very much a work in progress. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do in, in getting some of the young rookies and some of their young developing stars into more offensive prominent roles. I think over the past couple of years, uh, Kako hasn't really panned out exactly the way they were hoping. Lafreniere hasn't really hit the ground running. And you have to wonder why that is. Um, I'm going to say that the development track probably hasn't been ideal. But, you know, some of the top uh, veterans like Panarin and Zibanejad, they haven't really been doing much at even strength either. So, this is a strange team. I don't know what I feel about them. Um, I love Adam Fox. I think Jake Truba has been pretty good for them too. Keandre Miller looks like a really great defender. Uh, Shishterkin in that has been fantastic. It's just the, the depth, I think, is definitely thin, and that team probably doesn't go beyond a wild card spot, but you never know. Uh, some of these teams, they eventually find their way through. It might not really be something that's sustainable, but you only need to last it for a couple of rounds. So, who knows? They're very much a wild card kind of team, and maybe they'll make some hay once the postseason rolls around. Behind them is the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I think this team, they've been cursed with a lot of injuries. Uh, a little bit inconsistent this year, in part because they've had such a rotating cast, and at times they're looking more like the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. They're finally getting healthy now, but they're still having some issues creating and, and not conceding. Tristan Jari has actually been very great for them in net, but he's not going to be able to save everything. And so, you know, they've got a pretty okay record. They'll be hanging around for a wild card spot for the most part, uh, and they'll be competing with a couple of teams below them like Columbus, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Not really the Islanders. I think the Isles are kind of screwed right now unless something really turns around, but they've been given a bit of a handicap thanks to the NHL not postponing their games. And so the, the teams that I think definitely will be putting pressure on Pittsburgh to perform you know, it's going to be the Blue Jackets and most likely Philadelphia. Not really sure about the Devils, but maybe they surprise. I just feel like they're still kind of a work in progress. Uh, all of these teams have some uh, very glaring weaknesses. You know, Columbus maybe especially. They're still a, a very young squad, but it's it's going to be a weird year. We're only, what, a fifth of the way through for a lot of these teams. So anything can happen in this Eastern Conference race. I do think that the road will have to go through Florida and Washington. Both of these teams seem to be, you know, true contenders, and I think they have really strong claims to being cup favorites, but you never know. In just a moment, we're going to peek at the Western Conference and see which teams have been, uh, you know, up to snuff and which teams are maybe falling behind a bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your holiday betting. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. 
And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, and so much more. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. To get started, register for a free account at betonline.ag. And again, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Start winning with betonline.ag today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look around the NHL at some of the top performing teams and some squads that are maybe uh, a little bit under the weather. We're going to start off real quick with the Pacific Division. This one, not super, super complicated, generally speaking, but it is a pretty tight race. There isn't a lot of space between number one and number six, just 10 points so far, which it's, it's sizable right now, but in the grand scheme of things, it does mean that a lot of the teams in between are just, they're all really clustered together and fighting for the same spot. So it's going to be a very tight race, especially for a wild card spot. But the teams that I think are really the top teams to worry about are are definitely Calgary. Um, I think the Sharks are, are decently legit. They're still very young and there's a lot to, to work on there, but they do have the ability to really hurt you at times. The Oilers, they're just very top heavy. And if, if McDavid gets marked out or something, you know, Edmonton's in a lot of trouble. The teams that I think really caught me off guard, though, are, are Anaheim being pretty decent. Uh, still a work in progress, but definitely a team that has found some really good scoring form and seemingly getting better defending and, and just all-around play driving ability from around the lineup. Um, but on the on the less positive side of things, Vegas has been not great at all. They're, they're conceding a ton. They're not scoring as much. They maybe are finding the limits of what they've got right now. Um, the, the Seattle Kraken have also been really poor, and maybe this is what they should be. You know, the team kind of left a lot of talent on the table when they were drafting, and I think the stuff that's happened with, uh, you know, the roster being a little bit more mediocre than expected, I think it's it's showing limitations, and opponents just haven't really worried about how to handle them. I think the Kraken do have some talent. It's just this is more like what you would expect an actual expansion franchise to look like. So, yeah, they'll be competing for a top pick, and I don't think that they're too worried about that. The Canucks in last place, though, are in full-on panic mode. I, I don't even know what to say about this team. I think all of the stuff and the bad decisions that they've made over the years, they're finally catching up, but even I didn't anticipate them to be uh, this far below the, the standards. And, and so, you know, in, in full-on chaos mode, I guess is how I would describe it. Everyone is pointing fingers. The team's very unhappy. It's just a huge mess, and I feel like them not firing anyone yet is is shocking, and I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later. The central race isn't quite as exciting. You've got the Wild in first with 31 points. Um, behind them are the Blues and the Preds. The Jets have actually fallen, and they continue to slip over the uh, the past couple of games thanks to the losing streak that they're on. I don't know that the Jets are nearly as bad as the losing streak looks like, but they're struggling to score, and in this league, when you're not really creating an even strength, or, or you are and you're just not converting on it, and your power play isn't really functional, yeah, you're going to struggle. And I think that the Jets have a lot of work to do. They need to stop giving Wheeler so much time. I've talked about it before, though, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But, you know, the Jets, they, uh, they've got some serious stuff to do before they start to consider themselves a real playoff contender again. 
the Avs are right behind them, and they've got like four games in hand. But Colorado is starting to uh, turn the Jets on, uh, pun intended, and they look like a real contender again. They're 11-6-1. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. They're just blitzing people with an incredible offense. It's more of what we expect from that team. I think we all knew that they had the ability to turn things around. It's just whether they were going to was the big question. But that's a very talented team. I think that they will be close to the top of the Central once they get their games in hand caught up. That's such a dangerous squad. I mean, this Avs team on paper has still one of the best rosters out there. So I would expect them to be in the top three at the end of the year. We'll see what they do, um, especially in the playoffs. That's been a little bit of an Achilles heel when they face teams that can frankly defend better than they do. But there aren't nearly as many ironclad back ends that I think they're going to be concerned about this season. So yeah, a very interesting team, one to watch. And I think, you know, with rocking a plus 17 goal differential with 73 goals scored, pretty nasty team, especially that they've scored so many goals with uh, even fewer games than some of their competitors. Behind them are the Stars, the uh, the Hawks, and then Arizona. A couple of those teams are not NHL squads, and I think you know which ones they are. The Stars, they're just sort of there. They exist. I think that's generally been the consensus about them this year. I don't even know what to say about uh, Dallas other than that. They just are, are kind of in that mushy mediocrity mode, and I, I think it's getting to the point where at some, some degree they're probably thinking about a longer-term rebuild. I know that they've uh, they've had a bit of a win streak recently, but this team, it's it's still just mediocre. And I think uh, towards the middle of the season or even towards the end, we'll see them maybe push for a wild card spot. But more than that, I don't know. I'm sure some of these teams have been a little bit of a surprise at both ends of the spectrum. I'd be curious to know which teams have impressed you or which teams you think really need to up their games. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to listen and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for giving us your support. Have a great night, and go Jets go!